Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We're here on iHeartRadio. AMFM247.com. Tune in, iTunes. Find us all over the place at JiggyJagwire.com. That's J-I-G-G-Y-J-N-G-O-Y-R.com. Twitch live stream each and every Sunday. Talk America live each and every Saturday. The mix on Tuesdays. And we have got a great segment coming up here in just a few moments. But before we do that, let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Do you need help moving in the Pittsburgh area? We've got a lot of folks in that area that listen to the broadcast and they need help. Call Pratt's Moving at 412-223-7096 or visit the website prattsmoving.co. You rent the truck. We'll move your stuff. It's Pratt's Moving. 412-223-7096. And tell them, you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Welcome to Build, Grow, and Enjoy. BGE Radio out of Atlanta, GA. BuildGrowAndEnjoy.com. And uh, this week, we have a fantastic guest with us. Gary S. Goldman is the nationally recognized host of Business, Politics, and Lifestyles, a weekly talk program airing on WCRN 830 in the Metro Boston area. And he joins us today here on the telephone. Gary, welcome uh, to BGE. How are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful, James. How are you doing? And thanks for having me on. Now, I want to talk, uh, first of all, before we get into to different topics and different issues of the day, tell me about your program. How did this get started on WCRN 830? It actually started as a business show, and it was called the Small Business Hour. And uh, no matter what you do when you're doing talk radio, people merge into politics and news and news stories and and that is one of my favorite things to do talk about politics and different issues going on so um we over time we decided that uh, we were going to change the name to the business politics and lifestyles which encompasses a lot of different uh, topics i've been on the air for i think 11 years now on wcrn uh, it's you know it started as a sort of a part-time hobby and it's turned into a uh, you know, a full-time, uh, full-time position, as they say. So, <laughs> and, and it's great. Look, at I love doing it. I love talking to people, and I love talking to people on civil, those that are civil on both sides of the aisle, and want to have a, a great conversation and discuss things. And uh, no, you know, my, 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 there's no yelling and screaming. It's let's talk about the facts. Your opinions are welcome, but you know, we've got to keep the facts to where they are. You know, the reality of the situation. But it's great. I mean, look, it, it, it's unique in the. Metro Boston, very liberal, uh, democratic city, Boston, and outside of Boston and the suburbs, the same, but uh, there are a lot of conservatives up here, and, and there are those that, and I'm seeing it more this year, James, those that have voted Democrat their whole life and are, are a little concerned and uh, about how far left the, the movement has gone. And they're looking at different alternatives, or they're at least talking and, and opening their eyes to some other things, which is always great. We have got a great guest with us today. Gary S. Goldman is with us, nationally recognized host of Business, Politics, and Lifestyles, a weekly talk program airing on WCRN 830 in the metro Boston area. And he joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Now, our first topic today, has Apple's Tim Cook convinced Trump to reverse the course on the China tariffs? Uh, what do you make of this, my friend? No, I look at. Um, I understand where Apple is coming from. You know, they look at their competitors that are in an environment that are uh, they don't have to deal with the t- the tariffs. But um, look at Cook put himself in this position. Apple put themselves in that position. They went to China years ago because there was a for them there was a competitive advantage, cheap labor, and uh, now they're sort of you know stuck here with the tariffs and. 
I don't think they've convinced the president of anything. I think the president is listening a bit because I think the president is trying to convince Cook to completely get out of China, i.e. some of the work bringing back to the United States. And I think, you know, I know Apple's looking at other countries, Vietnam, India, um, expanding into the, into those areas. So I'm not sure he's convinced the president. I think there may be a little negotiating going on. But, you know, Apple, again, like I said, Apple put themselves here, James. And, uh, you know, they've had to have seen the president's posture since he's been in office in regard to fair trade and what he planned on doing. And uh, they seem to, you know, take this right to the very end. And with that said, look, at Apple's talking about, you know, an average of about $30 on a typical iPhone that they're going to absorb a lot of the cost on initially, and uh, which I think they should. I, look, at I'm all for a free and open economy and open markets. Their profit line is substantial, and uh, that is not where they make a majority of their money anyways. It's on the service end of that, and a lot of that is done here in the U.S., but... Uh, I don't think he's convinced the president to uh, lay off the tariffs. I think they may have laid, you know, maybe come to the agreement that let's sort of, you know, keep things as tame as we can, especially through the holiday season. But I, don't, I think it's going to take more than Tim Cook to change President Trump's mind. We have got a great guest with us today. Gary S. Goldman joins us here on our broadcast. Now, you bring up the, uh, the, the an interesting point about the fact that uh, most of the money on the service end is made in the United States. Um, how come people don't think of that? It's a you know it's a it's a big number. Small from what I understand and what I've researched, it's a you know revenue wise, it's a large number. Um, employee wise, it's not that great. So it, you know people look at Apple and from the manufacturing perspective, you know the hard assets they they're producing. They that's you know where they believe the uh, majority of the numbers are, but uh, not really the case. And look at their production and their manufacturing is substantial but in a lot of industries you know it's it's what comes from that and what comes from that is itunes ipay and, and a number of other services that apple is making a considerable amount of money and I'm, I'm not sure that the average consumer has put that together where that comes from and you know where that where that works out of and it happens to be the united states we have got Gary S. Goldman with us today. He joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy, BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. BuildGrowAndEnjoy.com if you want to get more information on what we're doing. BGE presents this week here with Gary S. Goldman. Now, Gary, uh, a, a lot of folks uh, are panicking with this uh, China tariff situation, some of these other things. Um, you're a business guy. What do you make of all this? Look okay. at I understand the panic, and I understand. I, I, I talked to some friends recently who, who bring things in from China. They're in the construction business, some manufacturing, for example, electrical products, uh, light fixtures, and you know they're getting hit with these tariffs on these large jobs that is costing them more money. But at some point, somebody had to stop kicking the can down the road and deal with this, with what was going on with China. We can't have that type of trade where it's in their best interest, but it's not necessarily in the best interest of the United States. And I think the president has made it clear that he wants to even the playing field. He wants it to be good for America, and I don't see anything wrong with that. Nobody ever thought that this president would do everything or many of the things that he said he was going to do. But I always thought all along this was one that he was not going to just let you know go by the wayside. He was going to deal with it. So. Look, at, you know, it's, sometimes it's the short-term loss for the long-term gain, and if we don't take a stance sooner or later, um, it would only get worse. China has, is, is, you know, stealing technology from us. There's all sorts of, you know, accusations out there about what they're doing, but this imbalance in trade is, is, is horrific, and we need, to, uh, we need to get things straightened out. And I think if Americans are concerned, I think the people in China are more concerned because if you start looking at some of the things that are going on to over there with their uh, economy um, I, you know I think the trade is hurting them and they're gonna they're going to have to come to this table sooner or later and uh, deal with the president we have got uh, Gary S Goldman with us today he joins us live here on build grow and enjoy BGE radio out of Atlanta GA Gary S Goldman with us today he hosts a fantastic program in the uh, Boston area and uh, so what are some of the folks on your radio program saying about this topic you know, the it's funny. They don't bring up the tariffs a lot, 
in on the show. I, I bring it up on a regular basis because I find it interesting. I will get some calls on it, um, but they, you know, look at their concern right now is a couple things. It's um, immigra- immigration has to be the, the topic of the day on a regular basis. Obviously, people are concerned about the violence that's going on and the run to confiscate guns as opposed to dealing with the situation at hand. That's always, always a main topic of conversation. And a lot of people are concerned with, uh, you know, ju- these uh, rogue Republicans like Walsh that's uh, out there, um, you know, trying to... Joe Walsh is trying to take, uh, you know, run against the president. You know, they, 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 they don't understand why you've got a president that has a 93% plus or minus approval rating, and they come out with these comments that, you know, he's the worst uh, president, he's out of control. Um, I don't think it's his part, everyone in his party believes that. I'm sure there are many Democrats that believe it. But uh, those are the things that are concerning them now. They want they want to you know move forward through this election cycle. And the other topic that we touch upon on a regular basis is who and when is somebody going to get indicted on the Russian scandal? Because I think Americans are starting to question uh, the justice system. Our, our you know our justice system. If somebody can just if a group of individuals can try and pull a soft coup over in the United States of America and walk away without anybody being indicted, everybody should be concerned, James, because sooner or later it can happen to the opposing party. We have got a great guest with us today. Gary S. Goldman is with us here on our broadcast. He's the nationally recognized host of Business, Politics, and Lifestyles, a weekly talk program airing on WCRN 830 in the metro Boston area. And that was the next topic I wanted to get in with uh, Gary here, uh, talking about Congressman Joe Walsh, the former congressman, is uh, looking to primary Donald Trump. Uh, There also are a few other folks that have uh, said that they would like to jump into a primary with Trump. this is an interesting situation because I can't think of anyone that was ever a sitting president getting primaried by people of his own party. Um, what do you make of this situation? Well, look, it, uh, you know, th- there are a few out there. I know one of them is our former governor, uh, Weld, here in Massachusetts. Yes. And I think somebody yes. needs to wake him up and tell him we're getting into the primary season. Um, I don't think there's he's going to, you know, if you look at everything, it any of the polls that have come out, even if he was to run against the president, um, he's going nowhere. Look, at, there's, there's, there are those out there in the Republican Party that do not like President Trump. They want to bash Trump. And, they're, you know, if they continue this uh, type of movement, it only hurts the party and it only hurts Republicans because they'll become losers. They're not going to win in the House. They're not going to win in the Senate. Um, so that's a concern. But Walsh, to me, is, is just out there. When you listen to some of the things he says, and he says the campaign's campaign slogan, I'm sorry, is be brave. I think the person that's been brave is President Trump on a daily basis. He has accomplished numerous things by being battered by everyone with, you know, on, on the left and uh, people in his party. And those of his supporters have been brave because they go out and support him. And by, some have been beaten. They're, they're, they're attacked by Antifa. So there's a number of things. But uh, look, at, I'm not concerned about Joe Walsh. I'm not. When I look, if the president didn't have the approval rating that he had, I'd be more concerned. But we do have to get behind this president, and we have to make sure that he wins another four years, James, because if he doesn't, this country will take a turn that we're all going to regret. There's no doubt about that. Um, There have been cases of, I believe, sitting presidents who have been, uh, who have gone through this, but uh, none have, have, uh, you know, have lost to those that trying to, um, trying to run against them, but they have there's, there's cases where they've lost in the, you know, the election itself. So we've got to be careful. We do not put the president in a diminished position. But uh, I don't think Walsh, one-term congressman, barely won the first time, didn't win the second time. He has, you know, from everything I've read, he is like he's carrying a lot of baggage um, himself. And uh, I'm not sure what he's doing this for. It, maybe he's looking for some sort of, uh, you know book deal or movie deal or a reality TV show, I don't know, but he doesn't concern me, except that it distracts the voters, and we don't need any distraction right now. 
We have got Gary S. Goldman with us today. He joins us live here on Build, Grown, and Joy, a nationally recognized host of Business, Politics, and Lifestyles, a weekly talk program airing on WCRN 830 in the Metro Boston area. And he joins us today talking about a, a myriad of issues. And uh, this this Joe Walsh uh, situation, um, do you think that this primary or this po- potential primary or whatever comes about with the fact that uh, there are some Republicans that are uh, in the Republican Party that are not big fans of Trump. Do you think that they're trying to kind of steamroll this this Joe Walsh thing, or do you think that someone's financing him, or is he just basically just looking for, like you mentioned, a book deal or a reality show or something? No, well, I think it's a combination thereof, but I do think, I'm not sure if anyone's financing him. I do think there are other Republicans in the party that do not like Donald Trump um, that would love to see him weakened and, you know, to the point where someone says, hey, let's primary him and get someone in there that's going to you know, guarantee we win again in 2020. Um, personally, I think Donald Trump's the only guy that could beat any of the anybody in 2020. You know, look, there's a part of me that at times, and it's purely speculative, that think a guy like Romney could be behind, be behind this. A number of other people that would, Romney would definitely like his second chance trying to run for president, even though when he ran against Barack Obama, he fell asleep after the first debate, never to be heard from again. But, um, I think part of it is, you know, there's a group they, that are they're in the swamp. They're, they're aggravated that the president is exposing everything, and they just don't like his demeanor and the way he does things. The fact of the matter is he's working, James, for the people. He promised to work for the people and not for the, pol- the politics of it or the political system. And he's doing exactly what he told us he was going to do. And there are a lot of people within the party that are aggravated over that. We have got a great guest with us today. Gary S. Goldman joins us here on Build, Grown, and Joy, BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. And uh, we're talking a little bit about this Joe Walsh situation with him uh, running uh, in, a, in a primary here. Uh, do you think that it'll get to the point where Trump will, let's say, go to the convention after all this, this hoopla and just be like, hey, I'm leaving, you can have Pence? Or do you think that uh, he'll leave before and just be like, I'm just done with all this nonsense? Who's that? You're saying the pre- president yes, himself? Yeah, if, if yeah. Trump, Trump just goes, I'm just done with this crap. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I, leaving. I, good, good, good luck with Mike Pence. We'll see you guys later. Yeah, I I don't <laughs> see that happening. I, I really believe the president wants to put four more years into accomplishing even more of the things that he promised. And one of those that I think he really wants to accomplish is to resolve this immigration problem and again, the terror and the problem with China, as we discussed earlier. Um, I wouldn't be there's a, there's a part of me that every once in a while I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a, a change made in the vice president. Though you know, President Trump has said that I've read articles that he said he's on board with uh, Mike Pence going forward. But you start to hear uh, the former. Um, our ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley's name, coming up quite a bit. And I think a Haley-Trump ticket would be unstoppable, personally, but that's just speculation on my part. But I don't see the president walking away from this. Um, I think he's a fighter, and he wants to finish what he started. And uh, I'm hoping that. I mean, I'd be very disappointed if if Donald Trump said, look, I've had enough, because I think that would tell a lot of us we're in a bigger, we have much bigger problems than we've even imagined. We have got Gary S. Goldman with us today. He joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy, the BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA, buildgrownenjoy.com, if you want to get more information on what we are up to. And uh, we have got a great guest with us today. Gary S. Goldman is with us. Now, um, this this uh, the whole thing is, is uh, Mueller and uh, th- this whole thing with with you know this report and everything and as that uh, has has kind of calmed down. Uh, what what are you hearing from from that side of the aisle with everything? You know, I've I've talked to a number of people and I'm hearing that uh, that that part of the you know this is that whole Mueller investigation is not over with. That there there will be 
some indictments up the road. But I think, again, you know, James, in order to quiet the Democrats down and in order to show the people that you can't commit these types of crime, you have to find out who was involved and you have to bring indictments and go through the system and hopefully those that are guilty will, you know, face charges. Um, you know, the, the whole the, Mueller, I don't think, I, Mueller may himself may be off the hook, but there are a number of other people's people, and I think Comey's one of them, that shouldn't be so smug and thinking that because he was sort of slapped on the hand about a week ago that he's free to go. I think there's a lot more to come in this, but I think it has to come sooner than later, A, for political reasons for the sake of the president, and B, just to show the American people that our uh, justice system works. And I think there's a lot of pressure on AG Barr right now and the investigators that are working on this. Um, because I, don't, I personally, you know, don't think the American people want to hear, sorry, there's nothing we can do. We cannot prosecute these people because that's kind of hard to even fathom based on everything we know that went on. And, and some, you know, every day that a little something seems to leak out that it was actually much worse than we even um, understood. So I, I think we have to really find out what happened and uh, those that are involved have to be held accountable. It's all about accountability. If you're indicted and you didn't do anything, you go through the process and you'll be let go. It's a costly process, but look at the Mueller investigation did that to some great innocent people and cost them their uh, livelihood. So, uh, you know, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. But we have to find out what happened. Gary S. Goldman with us today. He hosts on WCRN 830, Politics, Lifestyles business. He talks a little bit about everything over there on WCRN 830. And uh, one of the latest uh, crazy Democratic primary ideas is to let prisoners vote from jail. What do you make of this? Yeah, um, you look at it. May, that may happen at, at some point in time. Um, I just don't see it happening in the very near future. The Democrats are trying to do anything. Those on the left are trying to do anything to increase their their opportunity to get into office. They they realize they need voters, votes, and voters. Same reason why they're doing it with you know illegal immigration. But uh, there's a part of me that says nothing surprises me. And one day, James, that could be that could be the case. I mean, uh, crazier things have happened in this country. There are a lot of people that feel those in jail do have the right to vote. They shouldn't lose that right to vote. But um, I'm not one of those people, and I think it's going to take a little time to convince myself and many others that that should happen. But again, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, uh, I know that there there seems to be a, a big push for this. Uh, is is this a situation that that could happen if uh, they happen to get the White House? If uh, crazy things were to happen and then they and Trump is defeated or or something happens in the uh, the next election? Well, I think if they if they were to get the White House, that would definitely be on their agenda. That would be something that they'd push through, along with many other things. You know, the borders would be wide open, and uh, you know, the, you we're seeing it. I know in Massachusetts with with the election of a, a DA in one of our uh, uh, counties here, that uh, the laws are being reinterpreted. Reinterpreted. You know, what is shoplifting and. Uh, many laws, uh, you know, uh, resisting arrest that are not being prosecuted. And I think that that is great for those that want to, you know, gain a populace to vote for them, but it harms the majority in the long run. Um, civil unrest or, you know, putting criminals back out on the street by not taking bail um, is dangerous. And I think if, if the Democrats win, the, you know, win in 2020, I think you're going to see a lot of these crazy things come to fruition, um, including many of the things that uh, that squad uh, that squad squawks, no pun intended, squawks about on a, on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, the new Green Deal, they, you know, they, they don't care about dollars because they look at those tech, the taxpayer money, but they don't realize that sooner or later those types of programs dry things up. Well, if they win in 2020, to answer your question in short, anything is possible, and I don't think it would be good for the country at all. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. Joins us live here in our big broadcast. Gary S. Goldman is with us, and uh, business, politics, and lifestyles. He hosts that program on WCRN each and every week. And uh, as we wrap up here with you, my friend, uh, how do people find you online? Get a hold of you, social media, everything. 
Yeah, they can find me um, at Gary on BPL.com is the website. Um, at Gary on BPL on Twitter. And our podcast can be found on Apple, Google, Spotify. Um, so, we're, you know, the best way is, is usually to go to the website, and that will lead you in a number of di- different directions uh, where to find me. Or even if you wanted to email me, my email information is on there as well. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on the program, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you, Gary. Anytime, James, and I appreciate you having me on. Have a wonderful day. Definitely. You too. There he goes, Gary S. Goldman. And that wraps it up here for Build Ground and Attention, this is a public notice from Citizens Disability. If you are one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be entitled to disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right if you suffer from a physical or mental disability. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, Citizens Disability can help. You'll be given an advocate who will evaluate your situation, handle your application, and deal with Social Security. Best of all, there is no fee until you receive your benefits. We only get paid if you win your case. To get started with your free no-obligation consultation, call 800-504-1639. That's 800-504-1639. There are a vast number of conditions that can make you eligible for disability benefits, many that you may not be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call Citizens Disability today. Again, that's 800-504-1639. 800-504-1639. That's Citizens Disability. Disability, 800-504-1639. Attention, type 2 diabetics. If you or a loved one has taken Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR, or other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes and suffered amputation of the toes, feet, or legs, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA has warned that Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR, and other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes cause an increased role in amputations of the toes, feet, and legs. If you or a loved one has taken Invokana, Invokamet, or Invokamet XR, or other inhibitors for type 2 diabetes and suffered amputation of the toes, feet, or legs, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-475-4915. That's 800-475-4915. Again, 800-475-4915. Call now. This is an advertisement paid non-attorney spokesperson. www.injuryhelpdesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. If you're Welcome to Build, Grow, and Enjoy, the BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. Check us out online, buildgrowandenjoy.com. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on a broadcast, and uh, we go to the telephones. Uh, Bob, you have got a uh, fantastic, fantastic book here that you did with uh, Benjamin Powell, uh, Socialism Sucks. Tell me a little bit about this book. Well, the subtitle of the book is Two Economists Drink Their Way Through the Young Free World. And it's kind of a travel log, uh, kind of a stepchild of Anthony Bourdain and Milton Friedman. We're trying to talk about uh, the hard economics of what socialism means and uh, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, but we're also trying to have, a lot, have fun with it, talk about uh, our travels our drinking and and things in these various countries. So uh, this book has been getting a lot of uh, great feedback. Tell me about some of the different feedback and uh, criticism and uh, everything you've gotten in the book so far. Yeah, we are getting some pretty good feedback. We, uh, uh, you know, we've had a pretty good run the last few weeks. Uh, Lots of good uh, reviews showing up on Amazon. There's one or two bad ones, but what can you expect? Um, and, uh, you know, we've, we've done uh, pr- pretty good. You know, we're, we're trying to, you know, Ben and I are both accomplished academics. We probably have 200 journal articles between us. But, you know, let's be honest, no one reads that stuff. So so we, we really wanted to write not a dumbed-down book. We wanted to write a book that was intelligent, but that was um, at a style and written at a level that uh, a regular audience, hopefully a younger audience, could, could read. I think we we I think we we nailed it pretty good. Yeah. We have got Robert Lawson with us today, author of Socialism Sucks: Two Economists Drink Their Way Through the Unfree World. He joins us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy, talking a little bit about this book. Now, talk to me about your writing style. <laughs> well, it's a completely alien writing style from writing uh, journal articles and academic books and things. 
Um, you know, I mentioned Anthony Bourdain. We really wanted, or PTA O'Rourke is another bureau. We wanted to have fun. Uh, although the topics are serious, you know, we wanted to see things from the sort of person on the street point of view. So, for example, we went to the bridges between Colombia and Venezuela, where Colombians are crossing by the thousands, at least when we were there, crossing by the thousands every day, uh, many of them coming, coming several days uh, from wherever they lived in Venezuela, to buy rice and beans and sugar and aspirin and deodorant. They were basically making grocery runs. But they had to travel, you know, great distances because there's nothing available in Venezuela. So talking to people on the street, having a beer with them, uh, we found was a, a really uh, good way to to talk about the sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the personal side of what socialism does to, to an economy. Now, uh, this book, incredibly well written, talk to me a little bit about the writing process that you guys uh, undertook for this book. Oh, well... I wish I could say it was very sophisticated. Uh, you know, we, we really went into this not knowing what we were doing, to be honest. And so the first trip we went to uh, was Cuba. We just sort of banged down to Cuba. Um, as for, this was before the commercial flight, so we had to you know, get on a charter. And, um, and we just sort of went. We took some notes, uh, and then we got back, and, you know, Ben did a first draft, and it went back and forth between us. And after a few weeks, we had something we were willing to, to, to share with some friends. Um, but, you know, afterwards, we have all these things we wish we'd done. If we ever do another book like this, we're going to make it more planned out. Maybe that will make it less spontaneous. But, but it was really seat of the pants. We just sort of went there. We had very little planning ahead of time. We just walked around, dived into a bar and had some beers, tried to chat up the locals. We could, you know, talk the language. And um, we, we really didn't have a, a hard plan like we normally would for like an academic project where you plan in advance exactly what you want to do. It was very seat of the pants. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy, BGE Radio out of Atlanta, GA, Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Dot com. Socialism sucks. Two economists strike their way through the unfree world. Robert Ross with us today. And along with Benjamin Powell, these two have put together an amazing, amazing book. Now, um, talk to us a little bit about uh, this this book in, in details as far as, um, you know, you guys have gotten some good feedback. You've gotten some, some, some negative as well. But what are the media and, and folks on the street talking to you guys about with these books? Well, one of the things that we've really found that is resonating with a lot of people is the sort of running metaphor of, of drinking beer. And, again, we really didn't plan it this way, but it turns out that um, you can kind of use beer as a metaphor for how the whole economy functions. One of the early chapters is about, uh, about Sweden, and it's titled Not Socialism. And one of the reasons you know Sweden isn't socialist is because the beer is really good. Um, now, it is very expensive because they have high taxes, but uh, the, the bars and the restaurants and things are privately owned, and there's no central planners. And as a result, the, the market provides pretty well there. When you go to other countries like Cuba, there's only two types of beer. That's it. I mean, the whole country, there's only two types of beer. Uh, they don't allow imports, and the central planners in Havana have only authorized the state-run enterprises that make beer to make two types. It gets worse than that in Venezuela. Venezuela has actually, on several occasions now, run completely out of beer. The entire country has run out of beer. So that's a, I mean, ultimately, that's the greatest metaphor for socialism. You know, literally, the, the not only the lack of variety like Cuba, but the, the, the lack of anything, um, as you've seen in, in Venezuela. We have got a great guest with us today here on Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Robert Lawson with us today. Socialism sucks to economists trick their way through the unfree world. And uh, a great guest joining us today here on our broadcast. Now, um, is there a message that you guys want the readers to grasp with this book? Well, I think the title says it all. Socialism sucks. Um, it is a very seductive ideology promises uh, strong economic performance and it promises equality um, but the reality is for very fundamental reasons uh, that economists talk about for decades uh, it, it, it ultimately fails to deliver the goods and although the promises are, are, are very appealing and we wanted to write this book to, to sort of talk about the history of socialism as it was practiced in places like the Soviet Union or, or Mao's China 
uh, and as it's practiced today in, in Venezuela and Cuba, uh, because it, it, it's a system that doesn't work. It doesn't have the right incentives, and it doesn't have the right operating price system that gives businesses the ability to make informed decisions about what products people want, how best to make those products. Um, the other thing is it also concentrates power in the hands of a very small number of people. Um, when you centrally plan an economy, that necessarily means that a small center core of, of bureaucrats are going to be in charge of economic decision-making. And that kind of concentrated power is, whenever it's been, been, been tried, has also resulted in a massive concentration of political power. And so one of the messages is that democratic socialism is a myth. You can try it for a while, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you're just going to get socialism. The Democratic part usually has to, I don't say usually, it always has to give way. We have got a great guest with us today. Robert Lawson joins us here in the broadcast. Socialism sucks. Two economists drink their way through the unfree world. And he joins us today here on Build, Ground, and Joy, BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. Now, do you see writing as a career? Well, I mean, writing is my career as a professor. Um, yes. Again, I think I normally measure the people, the number of people that read my, my work in the tens, maybe hundreds. Um, and the idea that thousands or perhaps maybe even more are reading the work that we do now. It is a little intoxicating. Uh, ben and I are talking about maybe a, a second book. Uh, our wives, um, I have to say, didn't enjoy the fact that we were traipsing all around some fairly rough parts of the world, like the border of North Korea and China and Georgia, Ukraine. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is, it is certainly uh, appealing trying to to write to a broader audience than as academics we're usually able to do. Well, it is a fantastic, fantastic read. I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on. Build, grow, and enjoy. And chatting with us, my friend. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, my man. Thank you. Appreciate it. There he goes, Robert Lawson. And along with Benjamin Powell, they have Socialism Sucks. Two economists strike their way through the unfree world. And that wraps it up here. Fabel. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. They can consolidate your debts, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. Call Consolidated Credit now. 800-404-0907. 800-404-0907. That's 800-404-0907. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services Incorporated. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 33313. Not a loan company. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM-19. Oregon DM-80031. Licensed by Virginia State Corporation Commission DC-32. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-809-5785. A Place for Mom offers free one-on-one -on -one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-809-5785. That's 1-800-809-5785. Incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. These folks are absolutely amazing. Build a safe for kennel and doggy daycare in Alaska. Yes, Alaska. We're going to Alaska. Whoa. Check them out today on GoFundMe.com. They want to create a place where you can have pet products, no-kill animal shelter, boarding, doggy daycare, pet, pet transportation, and vet all in one spot. They're going to give you affordable prices along with futuristic kennel system to help speed up the check-in and check-outs, prevent kettle cough, make your pet feel at home. And, of course, every pet will get the shots they need before boarding and no need to go elsewhere to get them. 
just amazing stuff. Go over to G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M. Search Alaska Dog Care. That's G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M. Search Alaska Dog Care and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Welcome to Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Also, iHeartRadio today, AMFM, 247.com. Tune in, iTunes, and Radio Loyalty. The Tuesday edition of our fine radio broadcast. We have got a uh, great guest joining us today here on the program. John O'Connor is with us. He has got Postgate, how the Washington Post betrayed Deep Throat, covered up Watergate, and began today's partisan advocacy journalism. And he joins us today here on the program. Uh, this book is getting a lot of great feedback, John. Talk to me a little bit about some of the different feedback you've gotten in the book so far. Well, uh, I did not do this by design, uh, James, but um, but it turns out uh, it's coming out at a time when everyone is very conscious of the fact that the media does not always, especially the mainstream media, does not always tell us the truth. And we uh, just went through this with three years of Russia, 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 and it turns out, well, oh, never, no, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Let's uh, waste all the energy of this uh, country, and then it turns out, uh, never mind. Well, we could have found out all about this thing three years ago if we had a fair and vigilant press. So it just so happens that this is coming out at a propitious time, and uh, the response has been overwhelming. I can't get over it. So everybody is very interested in this, because let's think about it. I'm, I'm, I'm a great example. I was a real student of Watergate. I thought the very best reporting, investigative reporting, the standard against which all are measured was the Watergate uh, reporting. And for one reason or another, as being Mark Felt's lawyer, I got into this just by happenstance, got in deeper and deeper to it until I realized that maybe the reporting wasn't so good. And I started studying it more. So. Uh, it, as it turns out, Watergate is really the template for today's really distorted and biased journalism, is the way I would phrase it. And I think you've seen that. Probably your audience has experienced it. Um, uh, if, if, uh, if President Trump cured cancer today, it would be written that he probably did that to help uh, rich people who have better health insurance. Uh, so that's the world we're in today. Uh, so. But the feedback has been wonderful, and not only because it's about history and history being really not written well. The first draft of history turns out to be wrong. But it's also about the entirety of the media that we have uh, developed in this country. So let's think about it. Investigative journalism, what is it? Uh, I compare it to this. I'm a trial lawyer. I go into court. I go into court. There's one two, maybe five lawyers that are there to criticize everything I say if it's a bit wrong. If I omit a fact, they'll let me know. If I distort a fact, they'll let me know. And and then the judge is there to boot. And that judge, he or she, will let me know. Um, but if you're an investigative reporter, you're going to the jury of public opinion without opposing counsel or a judge there to keep you honest. And guess what the tendency is? The tendency is, is not to be honest. I hate to say that. But if you're an investigative reporter and you want to get a skin for the wall, if you want money, power, power, fame, you want to be a political kingmaker or king destroyer, guess what? You're incentivized not to tell the truth. And the only way we can keep this from continuing to happen time and time again is the demand of the media that they tell us just the facts. Let us reason, but tell us the facts and tell both sides of the facts. Does that make sense to you, James? Yes, indeed, it does. We have got a great guest with us today. John O'Connor is with us. He's an experienced trial lawyer. He has a fantastic new book out there. Now, uh, this book, incredibly well written. Do you writing originated? Well, it was. Uh, I was uh, brought into it kicking and screaming. I, I uh, tried to get uh, Bob Woodward to write the original magazine article with me. He wouldn't admit that my client was deep throat. Eventually, I had to write it myself. I, I had trouble getting anybody to believe me. Finally, I had to write an article myself. 
then I tried to get somebody to write a book. Well, it turns out I had to write it myself. <laughs> so I wasn't looking to be a writer. And then in representing Mark Felt, by, uh, as this thing went along, I just happened to bump into these stubborn things called facts about Watergate. And I thought, gee, why weren't these things reported? Um, why didn't I know about these? And, and uh, so uh, what I would say is I didn't start out wanting to write. Uh, I've got a day job. I worked very hard at it, and so I had to get a lot of time on the weekends and at coffee shops and on vacation and all sorts of things to uh, put this thing together. So it took me several years to do it. Um, but I, I, as I say, I didn't start off seeking to write. I didn't start out with any kind of an agenda against the Post. But facts are facts, and I'm reporting them. And uh, it's a shame. <laughs> that this is the first time in 47 years that anybody's done this. So if, if, that, uh, if that answers your question, Chase, yeah. Fantastic. We have got uh, John O'Connor with us today. He joins us live here on our big program. Build, Grow, and Enjoy, BGE Radio Network out of Atlanta, GA. Check out buildgrowandenjoy.com. And uh, John O'Connor with us today, Postgate. He's got this uh, fantastic, fantastic book. Um, do you have anything specific that you uh, want to say to your readers uh, who have picked this book up and either enjoyed it or not enjoyed it or what have you? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I've run it by a few people that I trust very, very much. And uh, one sec, let me get this off the ringer off my phone. Uh, I, I put it through some people that I really trust and know a ton about Watergate, and they have really enjoyed it uh, and thought it was a meaningful contribution to what we know about the scandal. Um, for example, Luke Nichter, Dr. Luke Nichter, is a fellow who wrote with Douglas Brinkley about the Nixon tapes, a very well-regarded scholarly book, and he's one of the leading Watergate scholars. And uh, Luke has told me that he thought this really adds a real dimension to Watergate that has just not been there. Uh, Luke is one of the fellows out there that's trying as best he can to uncover sealed documents from Watergate and, and so forth, and sort of understands uh, what I have done here. Uh, let me, let me, James, let me uh, just let me compare what happened in Watergate to what we just went through for three years, if I may. Um, three years ago, there's reports about Russian collusion. You have certain facts. Uh, people say that George Papadopoulos met with a Russian-connected uh, professor. Anybody that's over 12 years of age and knows how to use the Internet, if these media people would have done their job, could have found out that this guy was a close ally of the leading veteran of UK intelligence that was then UK intelligence of course was working with John Brennan and the CIA on this and and anyone could have known that it was our intelligence agencies sending somebody into Papadopoulos but did any of the major media get into that no you have this steel dossier which again your 12 year old should know that that thing was phony now the regular folks out there in the country they kind of had their wisdom there and they thought you know i don't know that we necessarily go for this steel dossier stuff they the, the regular folks kind of had their sense but the media no the media get on this thing and acts like act like this steel dossier is really something whereas it it, it, it is obviously phony and the lead uh source for steel was a guy who who claimed both to know the kremlin and trump and knew both ends of the conspiracy, and in fact, uh, a minimal investigation would tell you that he, he was nothing. He, he, he was just a hanger-on who, who knew neither side of this. And the whole thing is a joke. And, uh, uh, but were we told that? No, we weren't. And so what I find is uh, that people who know Watergate, like Luke Nichter and uh, Len Kolodny, who do Silent Coup, they say, what you've done on Watergate, John, is really adds something to that story. And then on the other side, what I get from an awful lot of uh, uh, people around the country, uh, 
uh, fellows like you who really know their stuff, they say, this really is resonates with what's happening today. So you have both ends of this thing. And I hope what I hope to get out of this is a discussion of how we hold the media accountable. That's what I hope. I hope that we can get to it so that if somebody like I, I live in a town with 95 percent of registration. Yes. I love my friends. Most of them are liberal. They're cool. We get along fine. But I've got to watch. I've got to know who I can trust to actually have a calm conversation about a matter of public interest. And isn't it too bad that I run into so many people who are so inflamed by the narratives that understandably they accept hook, line, and sinker from the media, and they get upset at me, for instance, for, for perhaps, perhaps saying that maybe, maybe global warming isn't as extreme as it's been portrayed to be, that I, I actually read stuff. But, but now I'm a denier, and so I, I really don't want to embarrass my wife at a cocktail party. I don't want to bring these things up. And how does that help our country when people of goodwill on both sides of the fence cannot calmly discuss their differences? And maybe we can learn stuff from each other, but you find the media inflames people so much with false narratives because they love the narratives. Um, it goes back, I could name you a million examples that in, in our present culture. Duke Lacrosse. I, I was yelled at when I tried to do an op-ed for the San Francisco Chronicle suggesting that these people are probably innocent. This is obviously right at the beginning. You could tell they were innocent. Uh, but no, I got yelled at because I'm uh, contradicting the narrative that has been selected uh, as to which all must believe. So it's a, it's a problem with our democracy, James. Uh, think about the masthead of the Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness. Well, I agree with that. I happen to agree with that. But let's, let's not have darkness. Let's uh, let the sun shine in. Uh, sunlight is the great disinfectant. Let's tell us everything. Please tell us everything. Don't tell us just part of it. That's what we're getting. We're getting part, and it's distorted, and it's part and I say it's a lawyer going into court alone and trying to win a case when nobody's there to, uh, to criticize or question him. And, and let's try to say that other than the opinion part of a newspaper or the opinion part of a television show, let's be straight and tell it straight. Uh, I love opinion shows, and I think opinion shows are great. But when the news is coming out there in the New York Times or Washington Post, shouldn't we expect uh, some sort of objectivity in the presentation of what purports to be news and not opinion. I don't mind it when you go to the opinion uh, pages and somebody's roasting somebody. That's fine. That's America. That's cool. <laughs> but let's let's get the facts right. And uh, that's my big thing. And I don't know if you find that from your you're in touch with so many people. If you see that that's a problem out there, that people sense that the media is really not not playing it straight do you find that james yes yes indeed yes indeed yeah. it seems uh seems to be uh just the way of the world i guess we have got a uh, craig guest with us today he joins us live here in our broadcast here on build grow and enjoy bge radio out of atlanta ga now um how did you come up with the title for this book well i tried to i i thought about it and I thought, you know, everything is a gate, as we know that everything's a gate, and everything is a gate when it's a scandal, and uh, and it relates to the first, the Watergate cover-up, you know, and it becomes, then we have Iran-Contra gate, this gate, Monica gate, whatever gate, Russia gate, and so I think, well, you know, the Post is not practicing what it's preaching, and so therefore the name of this is Postgate. And I thought about other titles, and I think this is the one that I think most captures it, is are they really, is the Post really practicing what it, it preaches, and is it really stating all the facts? Isn't it, is it doing what it's really accusing President Nixon of having done, of having covered up things? What you'll find is, when you get into this, that they did not tell the whole story about Richard Nixon. While they're accusing him of a cover-up, they're covering up. They're covering up the facts of Watergate. Now, that is hypocritical, to say the least, 
But more than that, it damages our democracy. When any, the worst murderer goes to trial, he gets all the facts from the prosecutor, exculpatory, extenuating, mitigating. Before you put that guy to death, the jury gets to know all the facts, uh, you know, whether he was nice to people in high school. But yet here we have the president of the United States, uh, and I'm not questioning that he technically committed crimes of obstruction and, and probably should be shamed for those probably got bad advice from an underling to do that, did not know what had happened in Watergate, but was he given a fair trial as to his removal, given that? I mean, I think Bill Clinton was given a fair trial, and people said, okay, maybe he did this for his, to protect his, his relationship with his wife, maybe not, but we're not going to, both sides would not kick him out. Yeah. Did, Nick, Rick, did Richard Nixon get a fair trial? And I say no, and that's because the Post covered up extenuating and mitigating facts that would have really given a much fuller picture to Watergate. Well, you know, I had a, um, we had an interesting conversation. I definitely am going to have to have you on our Talk America Live program sometime to talk with Don Mazzella, who uh, covered Richard Nixon for uh, a number of years. Uh, He even traveled with Nixon to China. Um, We had a guest on a few weeks ago on our Talk America Live program who uh, believes she doesn't have any evidence, <laughs> but she believes yeah. that Nixon is responsible for the Kent State massacre. Well, and <laughs> it's a hell of a deal. And when you brought up Nixon, I'm like, I, I gotta get your, <laughs> I gotta get your and, take uh, on that. <laughs> well, you know, I was in, uh, I was finishing up my first year in law school, and we were the only students on campus. The undergraduates had gone home. Uh, with the way they did their quarters, and only law students were there when the Kent State thing happened. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so I at least got, uh, we at least uh, had a rational discussion about it. And really, uh, to blame that one on Nixon is stretch. <laughs> I was in the National Guard at the time. Uh, I understand what happens. Uh, somebody, these folks are sometimes untrained. Uh, things were going to hell in in our society. People were protesting all the time, and okay, guys got jumpy. It was a terrible thing. It was a tragedy. Yes, yes. And, uh, but but to blame that one on Nixon? Oh my God! What was funny was that Don Don kept uh, asking her. He's like, "Well, what evidence do you have of this? What well, what you know?" And he was he was like, "As a reporter and as a journalist, and you've written this book, and um, what do you have here? What do you have here?" And she kept, just kept saying, "Well, I have this theory," and he was like, "You've written an entire book on a theory." <laughs> well, let's think let's think about this. Uh, do you imagine President Nixon having nothing better to do while he's trying to open China and deal with Vietnam and all these things to say, you know something, I think there's going to be a protest at Kent State, and maybe now's a good time to plug a couple of the students. Uh, I'll go down through 16 levels of the chain of command so that I now have approximately 50 witnesses, and then I'll, I'll hope <laughs> we, we can kill some students. I mean, that's so absurd. It's just... Uh, you couldn't put it in a comic book and have anybody believe it. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I just I had to get your take on this, my friend, when you brought up Nixon and with your book and all your amazing uh, things that you've done and all your research. Uh, I just I, I had to have a little bit of levity here at the end of the uh, interview. But before we let you go, my friend, how do we find you online? Pick up your book, everything else. Well, you can go to your your. Your listeners can go to postgatebook.com, postgatebook.com, or to Amazon or uh, Barnes & Noble, any of the sites, uh, for Postgate, uh, How the Washington Post Betrayed Deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and Began Today's Partisan Advocacy Journalism. Uh, you get a little uh, synopsis when you go on any of those sites and what the book's about and some of the reviews. And what I'd like to do, James, is I'd like to encourage people to pre-order, mainly so that the conversation gets going, gets rolling, because the more we can talk about this as a template for what's happening now and may happen the next month or two months or four months, 
let's let's talk about this because this is a big topic. Definitely. And so I'd love people to look look at, at my site. Well, we will send people over your way and pick up the book and everything else. Thanks for being with us, my friend. Hey, thank you. It's a great uh, great talk with you. Appreciate it, my friend. There he goes. And uh, there we go. It is Build Guru. And Attention, this is a public notice from Citizens Disability. If you are one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be entitled to disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right if you suffer from a physical or mental disability. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, Citizens Disability can help. You'll be given an advocate who will evaluate your situation, handle your application, and deal with Social Security. Best of all, there is no fee until you receive your benefits. We only get paid if you win your case. To get started with your free no-obligation consultation, call 800-504-1639. That's 800-504-1639. There are a vast number of conditions that can make you eligible for disability benefits, many that you may not be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, Call Citizens Disability today. Again, that's 800-504-1639. 800-504-1639. That's Citizens Disability. 800-504-1639. Attention, type 2. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.